This is The Marriage Podcast, and I'm your host, Alexandra Stockwell. I'm a physician turned relationship and intimacy expert, and I specialize in showing couples how to have incredible, passionate relationships. I myself have been married for 25 years. My husband and I have four children and full professional lives, and we've created an amazing relationship. If you want to deepen your understanding of your own relationship and learn to access new heights of emotional, sensual and erotic intimacy. You're in the right place because I will show you how. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, this is Alexandra. Welcome back to the Marriage Podcast. And let me just say right up front, if you haven't yet listened to the segment that I did with Melanie and Lair and Kevin Scott, You should go back and listen to it. I'll link to that interview in the show notes because this conversation is going to be a different one, but together with the last one, you will access some true synergy. I'd like to begin now by introducing Melanie and Kevin. You can find out so much about Melanie by just going to her Facebook or Instagram pages. Again, the links will be in the show notes. And you'll also learn a great deal about Kevin by doing that because they are each such rich, eloquent, inspirational individuals. And there is something so special that exists between the two of them, which they generously make available through social media and through our first conversation, I'm sure the second conversation as well. Anything that either of you want to add and a warm welcome back. Thank you so much. You You always introduce us in the coolest way. I think the only thing to know if you haven't watched the first part of this is that Kevin and I do incredible work as a team in our lives behind the scenes. Kevin's a huge piece in navigating the Alpha Femme brand, but he also has his own brand and helps men develop in the most incredible ways. He's, in my opinion, the best coach there is out there to help men lead themselves in relationships and self-confidence and masculinity he's absolutely extraordinary and the work i do with women is all in the feminine energy and understanding how to balance both energies so we do beautiful work together in our personal lives and there's going to be more work together in the future in our business lives but we each do incredible things kevin for the men and i for the women and again to my opinion melanie is absolutely 100 the best <laughs> coach for women for feminine energy for business for basically anything <laughs> and <laughs> You know, the number one thing that I am most proud of in my life is this relationship. Mm. And I really think that that we show that. uh, And it's not about bragging. It's not about boasting. It's just we're so incredibly happy together. And we want to share our love with the world and hope that other people can find it as well. That's beautiful. And the perfect segue to my first question, because when we spoke last time, One of the things that you said, Kevin, is that through being in relationship with Melanie and sharing the love that you share, you found the full range of your emotions. This is my way of saying it. You said it in your way, of course, but basically that your emotional range and internal range was narrower, living a meh life. And now it's really (laughs) all 88 keys, if you will. And Yes. Uh, I have two aspects to my question. I want to ask if you could share like particular moments or 
how you relate to that evolution, if it was gradual or there were dramatic stepwise increases in expanding your internal range and an external expression of it. And also I know as a strong woman who's a coach as well, and that this happens for other strong women too, that we don't want to coach our partners. I mean, we might want to, but one of the risks of coaching a partner is that it sets up more of a parent-child dynamic, which completely counters erotic energy. So I'm asking both how you accessed more of yourself through being in relationship with Melanie, Kevin, and then also I'd love to hear from both of you how the unfolding happened from a place of the love and respect and not having any parent-child dynamic to it, which I'm assuming wasn't the case based on the results. Well, it, it has been a, an evolution over a long period of time. It, it definitely wasn't fast for me. I was very resistant to it early on, as I believe most men are. It's not something we come by, I don't want to say naturally because emotions are all naturally, but we've been ingrained to not have them since such a young age. You know, I started this journey at age 30, 36, 38, and it, it, it's still growing. It's still evolving. I, I'm not, I'm not perfect in my emotions. Uh, I, don't maybe, I don't know if people are perfect in their emotions, but I'm still learning about myself, but I'm very open to it now, whereas before I wasn't. And it took a lot of trial and error. Best thing about it, though, was Melanie would always hold space for me. And when I was able to express my true emotions, there was always compassion and understanding on the other side. It took a long time for me to figure out the difference between my thoughts and my emotions. And sometimes I still get caught in it, but it, like I said, it's, it's an evolution of myself and it's not something I ever want to give up on because I feel so much better about who I am now. And I, and I can feel so much stronger in my relationship. I'm not giving it back. <laughs> this is going away. <laughs> You're not going back in the box. No, absolutely not. And I think for me, what happened was I was ready in my life to change for me. And I desired companionship and I desired romance and I desired love, but above all else, I desired to heal my patterns. I was very well aware by the time I met Kevin that there was a lot of work to do. So when he came into my life as an unperfect human being and I was an un imperfect human being, I didn't need him to be perfect in order for me to be okay, which is something that I often needed in my other relationships before, which was like, I'm gonna mother you into submission or I'm gonna mother you into masculinity so that I can be safe, which doesn't, it just doesn't work. With Kevin, I, I felt safe because of who he was. It didn't matter that he wasn't into personal development. It didn't matter that he thought nuts when I went to a Tony Robbins event. It didn't matter that he didn't get it. That, that was not a problem. What I got from him from the beginning was his strength. And he didn't need me to be anything either. Like he was so strong in his masculinity and he was so strong in his way of being, he didn't need me to be anything. So what I found in Kevin in the beginning was this space to be who I was and to figure myself out. And he didn't need me to be anything and I didn't need him to be anything. And I didn't know where it was gonna go. Kevin didn't want kids, didn't wanna get married. He was just a, like a bachelor with a very masculine energy. And for where I was in my life, it felt like the perfect place to be. It was just a place where I could be who I was. 
And as I developed this journey, needing nothing from him whatsoever, just being in his energy felt like being on a charger, like as though somehow being with him, I, I just accessed this power I'd never felt before, but I didn't need anything from him. So I did all the things myself. I went to the Tony Robbins events. I went to the T. Har Becker events. I read the books. I did the work. I did the journaling. I did the coaching. I did the work. I did the work. I did the work. And the more feminine and the more powerful I became, the more curious Kevin became. But I never asked him to come, to participate, to read, to learn. I never pushed him to do any of it. All I did was become more and more magical, more and more magnetic and more and more wealthy. And eventually there was this feeling of like, okay, so what, what, tell me what the, what is this thing that you're doing? And then it would be like, oh, I'm doing this. And like, okay, you know, eventually can I, I think I might want to do that. And I think I might want to try that. And can I read that with you? And can we listen to that together? And it just, it happened so naturally that I never, I, I had a rule for myself that I would never coach any men that I dated anyway. I, I knew that I had already decided I wouldn't do that even before I understood what kind of damage it could cause. I just knew it was part of the issues that I would have because for the first time in my life, before I met Kevin, I decided I was going to be my project because I kept finding men that had potential and making it my life mission to make them excel. And I was like, what if I took that same energy and actually gave myself love instead of trying to find a guy I can turn into perfect. So then I can be safe. Like, let's not do that anymore. So I put all my energy on being a better human and it's like, this is the magic. And I talk about this in Femme Fatale, this magic on legs energy. Like I became the muse and Kevin became obsessed <laughs> and it was awesome. I remember we had a conversation early on where I remember it as me asking, don't, I, we're going to have a relationship. Please don't coach me. I don't want to be coached unless, unless I ask for it specifically in the moment, because I didn't, I didn't want you to be my coach. I wanted you to be my girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And that, that stuck yeah. and it worked. Yeah. It's amazing to hear that you set things up right from the get-go, although you were relatively early in your journey with personal growth and were so clear about that boundary. I think it's something that just so many relationships would change if that were understood. And it brings me to, I was going to say one of my favorite teachings I've heard from you, Melanie, but I really have a long collection. So just one of my favorite teachings where you talk about the importance, just the essential matter as a human being, as a woman, as a man, or however else one identifies to be able to simultaneously hold disappointment, sorrow, grief, whatever the flavor is, anger, fear, any of those emotions that many people tend to want to avoid to hold them when they are genuinely and authentically present simultaneously with joy, bliss, fun, playfulness, pleasure, that it's not about getting through the quote negative emotions to access the positive. It's about letting each of them have the life of their own that they need to have in order to be fully felt and while yes, we might compartmentalize and only show one aspect in a particular conversation or when we're teaching, that we need to be able to walk with both. Would you add to that in a way that has it feel like it's your concept and not just me restating it? And then I wonder, how does that show up 
in how you two interact with one another? Well, I met Kevin in the most awful time of my life. I had just, I was going bankrupt. I was sleeping out of my car. I had alienated my family. I, I was far from all my friends. Like I had never felt more alone in my entire life. And I was on a journey of self-discovery, but I was completely lost as far as how that applied in a grown-up woman's life. Like I was going back on an emotional journey to figure out who I was, but I had no idea how or where I was going. I didn't know what, where I was going to work, what I was going to do, what my life was going to be. Like everything was in shambles. And I let him make me happy. I let him sweep me off my feet, even though I wanted to cry. I let him make me laugh even when I felt like I couldn't. I let him bring joy in a moment that there was so much sadness, but I didn't let myself numb what was going wrong and, and distract myself and stop growing because I'd found a man that could make me smile. And one of the things we often do, women, in, in the beginning of a relationship is we let the chemicals take over. We let the happy chemicals, the, the cuddle chemicals, the being seen and the excitement of a new relationship numb whatever things we haven't healed. And we just stop our evolution and our growth. I often hear women talk about how they felt so powerful when they were single. And then as soon as they got into a relationship, they lost themselves. And this happens because we don't know that we can walk with both emotions. And instead of continuing our path, of being this woman we're, we're learning to be, we give it all up for the magic of the romance. And I didn't do that. I walked with both. I walked through my disappointment. I walked through my shame. I walked through my guilt. I walked through everything I was feeling and I kept evolving and growing and healing those things while sim simultaneously letting life surprise me and feeling loved and romanced and butterflies and joy. I didn't numb everything that wasn't working to fall into Kevin. And I didn't not let him in because I had so much to process. So we started our foundation in this duality. And I found so much power in it because along the way, when I did continue my journey as a coach, I traveled a lot. Kevin had a job he hated. I had this career in, in coaching that was starting and I used to travel a lot. We'd go weeks without seeing each other. And we always had to hold the pain of not seeing each other and the excitement of seeing each other next at the same time. And when we would see each other after weeks apart, we had to hold the joy of seeing each other with the sadness of knowing we were about to leave each other at the exact same time. This duality was always present for us. And I don't know that we'd be here if we hadn't learned to navigate those, those emotions together. It's so amazing to hear you speak. It's so real. Kevin, were you thinking about it in this way? Were you conscious as, in the early years or are you now when, how is it for you? I am now. I, I wasn't uh, at the beginning. All I knew was there was this incredibly powerful woman who didn't need me, who just desired me. That is an extraordinary feeling as a man because, you know, we're, we're taught as boys that we, we grow up, we get a job, we get a, a wife, children, and then, uh, you know, we just stagnate. That, that's it. But with her, it was, it was constant growth. There was always something around the corner. Like I said, she didn't need me. She just desired me. And that, that felt amazing to be desired all the time. And I, I was free to, to be romantic, to, to go out and, and go the extra mile. And that never stopped. I think a lot of relationships crumble because once, you know, after sex or after marriage, that kind of stops because after the, 
nice analogy, after the lion eats, it sleeps. And the, I think there's a lot of men sleeping in their relationships because they've eaten and there you go, I'm done, I've done my bit. But because, and, and even now, Melanie doesn't need me. She wants me here. And, and the same goes for me. We, we don't necessarily need each other, but we desire each other desperately. And yes, uh, I, I will say to her all the time, I need you in my life because I, I definitely feel that now. But walking with all of that is, is wonderful and, and adding the ability to be sad now that I have the ability to be very sad and very excited. It's, it, it's just, it's opened myself uh, to a, a wide assortment of fun and excitement uh, because I'm even happy for the moments that I'm sad and upset because I know they're fleeting. I know they're going to go and I know it's all part of the human journey and that was something that I'd been denying myself for years. Feeling how this lives in each of you as you describe it, there's a way in which you experience all the riches of the present moment. That's how I would characterize some of what you're both sharing. And I know that you have this really enlightened and ensouled relationship to the future as well, that you access while still being so in the present moment. Would you share a little bit about how you do that in your relationship, both of you? Well, I talk a lot about context and context within itself is like the blanket of the future that cuddles the present moment. How do you hold this present moment in a context bigger than itself is with an understanding of what the vision is. And the vision is very much cast in the future a lot of the time. So I remember very early on, looking at Kevin's phone and he had a picture in his phone and it said, how can I be the best husband for her? And we weren't even engaged. <laughs> and I, I was like, what, what is this? And it, and it was like, he's always had this way of, he plants seeds with the intention of what the plant will look like. He, he does the things now with a knowing of what it'll look like when it comes to fruition and in everything that we do, I think it's a common thing that we've been doing. And I, it may have been because every decision we made impacted us now and later when we say goodbye, we knew we were only see each other again in two weeks. Or, you know, if there was an issue or a fight and it was like, do we really want to go through this now? Because we've only got a few days. Like everything was about a bigger context than now. We started living our lives like, will it matter? Will, will it matter in a week when we're not together anymore that we didn't agree tonight? You know, we made decisions based on a bigger context than tonight. We always have. And I feel like in being in this relationship with Kevin, I know that I'm living today and that one day when I look back and I remember being young with Kevin, I'll know that I did it all the right way because we make every decision good for now and good for later. And it's that duality in the way that we make decisions that I feel makes us so powerful because by the time we, we are in the future, by the time it's been a few months or or years since we've made a decision and we're living the reality of it, we're so grateful for the people we were and the people that we are. And we continue to make those decisions in two dimensions. Is it good for us now? And is it good for us later? In, in the way that we speak to each other, in the decisions that we make, in the way that we do everything we do, we keep those two timelines in mind always. And I, I think because of how we navigated our, our relationship in the beginning, it created this super strong foundation. We didn't even know we were doing it then, but it shaped a context for our relationship of, is it good for now and later? I am 
so excited for the future. And it's because I have so much fun in the present. I'm literally excited to go to bed because I'm excited to wake up. <laughs> Just to, to have another day with Melanie. We laugh so much. I've never laughed more with anybody my whole entire life. I laugh every day, multiple times a day, deep belly laughs, <laughs> like can't breathe. And, and, and we're growing so much and we've got so much going on. I know that the enjoyment is the journey and, and not the destination. And I don't know what the, the destination is gonna be. I just know that my life with Melanie is going to get better. I don't know how, I just know that it is. And that powers me forward. It powers, it powers me daily and it makes me excited for the future and the present. Oh, I love you. <laughs> Amazing. I'd love to hear, since I understand it's the first podcast interview the two of you have done together, what's it like to hear one another's answers? Any surprises? Well, I've got tears in my eyes and I keep grabbing him and snuggling him and kissing him. <laughs> this is so much fun. I love it. 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 Oh, we're a mess. It's great. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's so good. Well, Anyone who's a regular listener knows that I usually ask a particular question about what has been learned through about yourself through being in the relationship. And I feel like this entire conversation is an answer to that question. And if you want to hear Melanie and Kevin's very specific answer, well, check it out in the earlier episode we did together. And the, I'll have the link in the show notes. Yes. You know, one of the things about conversation with the two of you is another duality, which is that really in each moment, it feels complete. And in each moment, I feel like I just want to keep going. So I've been in the keep going phase until now. And now I'm going to go with the feeling complete and invite you each to share for anyone who wants to continue the conversation and hear more about your relationship and be in the field of eloquence and energetic transmission what's the best way to be with each of you uh, well first of all we do our work separately so my brand is the alpha femme brand and i run it right now solely on social media so you either be connected with me as a friend on facebook or you follow my alpha femme account on instagram those are the best ways. I also have a group on Facebook, my Alpha Femme group. But really, if you're my friend on Facebook and you follow me on, on Instagram, you will know everything there is to know about me and my brand. And uh, I am Effortless Alpha on Facebook, Instagram, and I've got the website EffortlessAlpha.com as well. But uh, honestly, best, best, best way to do it is Facebook. Uh, I've also got a men's group called the Effortless Alphas. Okay, magnificent. And actually... I'm thinking that there are people who will be listening to this interview just dripping, salivating with inspiration and also sorrow for what they don't have. So first of all, if you're listening and that's your experience, it's an invitation to you to hold the duality. And I'd love to hear from each of you, what do you recommend as a next step if someone is listening and has that experience? Well, Kevin and I have got some stuff in the works for this year. 
So I would say follow us and keep your eyes peeled. But both of us have had relationships before this one. And it's cliche, but it's like one day you realize why all your other relationships didn't work. Whether you're in a relationship that's going to change because you've got to find yourself or whether this is not the right relationship for you, either way, there's a life beyond the reality that you're in. And if you make it the most important thing in your life, it will change. You know, Kevin said it, I don't know if it was in this interview or the other, that like, this is the thing that he's most proud of is this relationship. And I've built a business that creates millions of dollars a month. I've created a, a, a legacy, an empire. I, I've, I'm so proud of what I've built. I, I've done something I never thought I'd be able to do. And beyond all of that, the thing that I am the most in love with in my life is this relationship. Like I, if I had to pick, this is what I would pick every single time. And I think you've got to, you got to do your relationship. Like it matters. Like it's the most important thing in the world. And if you do that, then it becomes the most important thing in the world. And eventually, you know, you go first. I believe women go first. I really do. I think we go first. We're the magic on legs. And when we are full and overflowing, we're like magnets. And, you know, there's inner work to be done. Alexandra's an incredible coach and does so much incredible work with women and men. You know, in my world, my Femme Fatale program is probably the most incredible program for women to find their power. It's the journey I took myself on that made me an energetic match for Kevin. And Kevin and his Word of Man program helps men do what they need to do to be an energetic match for women. And then we've got something in the works for this year. But the most important thing is to just start to think of what you want. It's so easy to think about what we don't want, to get caught up in what's wrong with your partner, to get caught up in what you wish was different. But if you can take a moment to imagine what the best of the best of the best would look and feel like and start to hold that frequency, you're going to start attracting people and opportunities and coaches and programs and conversations that lead you to a different space in your understanding of love and relationships. And you will get to where you want to go. The first thing though, is you've got to be willing to know that you're the source. Like you are the core thing that's got to change for this all to change. And if you're willing to do that, everything will change. I guess I'll say a little bit to the men listening, your, your consistency and your understanding of yourself is going to improve everything in your relationship. Anything you desire is available to you. Don't listen to what quote unquote society uh, tells you, don't listen to, to what men have told you growing up. Whatever you desire is possible. If you want to have a great relationship, the best relationship, you can absolutely 100% have that. Your consistency, your discipline is required and understand yourself so that you can understand your partner better. That's, that's the basis, that's the foundation of it if you want to start to grow and have everything you could ever dream of. Thank you both so much. And I say that, yeah, on behalf of myself and on behalf of everyone who gets to hear this interview. Ah, thank you so much for having us on. Thank you for being our first interviewer yeah. ever. You nailed it. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Marriage Podcast. Please rate and review the show on iTunes. It really makes a difference. And if you have a question or a comment, reach out to me via my website at alexandrastockwell.com.